it's up to you to make sure that your team member has the context of what's happening. And if this is set up properly right from the beginning, at least you can know, I need to let this team member go because it's, go it's going to happen. There are going to be people that you need to let go, but it's unfair to let them go if you haven't set up right from the beginning, this is what's expected of you. Thought Leaders Business Lab is for you, the business owner, entrepreneur, the expert in your field who wants to be seen and heard as the influential thought leader in your industry. My name is Samantha Riley and I've been building and growing businesses for over 26 years and I've learned there are three key areas to your success, your mindset, your talents and the people you surround yourself with. Each week, I interview successful entrepreneurs and deep dive to discover the exact strategies that they've used to build their business so that you can experiment and implement these strategies in your business too. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Welcome back to another episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. I'm your Thursday co-host, Samantha Riley, joined by the very dapper in his new glasses, Tim Hyde. How are you going, Tim? I'm doing well, Sam. How are you? Very well. I've got my glasses coming in a couple of weeks. So I just, <laughs> all this Zoom time. I know, right? I mean, we've been spending crazy amounts of time on the computer. We both did sort of 13, 14 hour days yesterday. And I must admit, <laughs> since I, I mean, I've only got my glasses in the last week and I've never worn glasses before now. Uh -huh. uh, and I'm finding this, this real transition thing, actually, because when I take them off, I'm like, everything's, everything's blurry. Yeah, because your eyes get used to it, right? Because my eyes are now sort of adjusting to this different thing. It does mean I can now read my computer and I'm not getting headaches anymore, which is yep, nice. Which is fantastic. Uh, but yeah, if, if you if you find yourself with eyes straining and, and headaches on a regular basis, probably about time to go and get your eyes checked. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I was very I was devastated because I do wear contact lenses already. I thought I'll just go get some glasses that I can wear instead of my contact lenses. Oh no, I'll be wearing my contact lenses and my glasses because I need separate glasses for the computer. I was like, ah. Horrible, horrible. Well, this is this is really this is really valuable information obviously because we're going to talk today about hiring and managing a virtual team. Now you need a virtual team when you can't see anything anymore. Absolutely, absolutely. So I know last week we released an episode that Leon and I did around outsourcing and how to grow and scale your business with a team. And today Tim and I are going to go further into that on what we need to do or what you need to look at to hire, to onboard, to train and to manage that team. Yeah. Now we agreed on this because like all episodes, we have a bit of a planning session before we record and make sure we're either on the same page or not, as the case may be. Occasionally. And we came up with, occasionally, we came up with five key steps to hiring, managing. And we, it was interesting because I guess when we were talking about this, we came up with a slightly different process about how we do this and actually learn something from each other in this process. Absolutely. Didn't we? And what I love about when you and I get on and realize that we both get to the same outcome, but by very different routes is this gives you the listener an insight into the fact that things in business aren't always black and white. We can get to the same outcome by going in different ways. So I think that this will be really cool to understand that there are different ways to do things and, you know, you need to work out what feels good for you. So yeah, this is going to be interesting for both of us because we actually go around this quite differently. 
If you want to connect with me, Tim Hyde, head over to winmoreclients.com.au forward slash connect. Or if you'd like to connect with Samantha Riley, you can find her at samanthariley.global forward slash connect. Okay, let's very quickly look at the five key steps. And we talked about firstly, hiring and finding the person mm-hmm. um, and how to get them. All right, your detail and design brief about what they want to do. Your onboarding and training is step three. How to make your team cohesive. And then lastly, how to give performance management and feedback. Right, it's mm. an important step. But let's drill into that first one in terms of instructions in your job post and maybe where to find said virtual assistant because there's lots of different places you can find them and lots of different approaches you can take as well. Absolutely. And like I said, we did discuss that in the last episode. Um, I talked about Upwork and FreeUp and using concierge services like Automation Agency. Um, but specifically, if I'm hiring a part-timer or a full-timer, and I think that's more what we're discussing today. So we're not discussing out-tasking today. We're more discussing hiring a permanent um, contractor in your business. Then I personally use onlinejobs.ph. This is where I go. I've hired some of my contractors from Upwork who have been working on an out-tasking basis. Over the years, I have offered them a permanent position. But just in the last 12 months, I really have taken all my staff from onlinejobs.ph. Yeah, and onlinejobs.ph has a fantastic sister site, which names names escapes me. I know there's a link on the thing um, that actually helps you train your VAs as well, which is mm. a really good Yeah, I've not looked at it. I've been meaning to look at it. Uh, now, you can. That's independent. You could get your VA from somewhere else and still use those resources to train your VAs. Right Now, obviously, training your staff, if you want the right outcome from them, it's up to you to train them, isn't it? Mm. That might sound really obvious, but so many people actually miss that. And the reason is, and they don't do it on purpose. The reason is that when most people hire a staff member, they're usually really, really busy and under the pump. And they just get so caught up in their world that they forget that there's someone else waiting there for instructions. Yeah. I think that's the thing in business in general, we, we fall into that trap. We either you know, have the resources available to us because we're really, really busy, but no time to kind of implement properly or have lots of time to implement properly, but don't have the resources available to us. So you kind of need to get, you almost need to do this before you need it, don't you? Absolutely. In saying that, and you know, us, we're nice and real. If my team, (laughs) one of my team members is cutting this, she'll be going, Sam, then why did I work last weekend? (laughs) We don't all get it right all of the time. We had an influx of work and, and Ethany, big shout out to you. We really appreciate you working last weekend, but it doesn't matter. And this is another conversation we're just having. It doesn't matter how well your plans are, things are still going to go wrong along the way. However, in saying that, understanding these steps and getting as much in place as possible means that the wheels are going to fall off less often. Not that they're not going to fall off at all. All right, so let's go through this step by step. We found the source for our VA, whether it be online jobs or Upwork or look, even going through an Australian-based VA agency. Um, first thing is really actually putting that job brief or that job description together, isn't it? Actually describing what it is you want and what you actually need to have included. Now, this is where we slightly differ because I actually one of the things that I've done for many, many years is always ask an additional question. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's a little bit of a trick question that requires a little bit of research. Because uh-huh. I'm always looking for attention to detail. 
Right? But That's where you and I are exactly the same. Right? But you've got a, a, a slightly different process that I found quite interesting about how you, you frame the job description for different roles, not just the description of the work, but also the task involved as well. Okay, that actually comes down into the second step, what you're talking about there. However, one of the things that you just said there about the secret question, I definitely use that very much so if I'm on Upwork. I always put a sneaky question in there that says, you know, if you're, you know, if you want to apply for this, put polar bear in the description or something really crazy because I want them to know that they haven't just cut and pasted and not paid any attention. So I'd love to know, Tim, what's your little secret? I've, uh, I did this one years ago and I was actually looking for a podcast editor and I, the question I asked was a little bit more detailed than that. And I think that is, you do need to do something that like, cause you do want to sort of just remove the cut and paste responses out of your pool. Mm-hmm. And even though there might be someone good in there, I would absolutely recommend you just get rid of anyone who doesn't ask for that secret. Absolutely. Uh, I did a quick question. I actually asked, what is the last podcast that I had posted on my website? Oh, I like it. Right. And it actually meant they had to go and go to my website and do a little bit of research and kind of earn the role. Mm-hmm. And I could tell by the responses what they'd actually done. So some people had just Googled the name of the podcast mm-hmm. because there were more episodes on iTunes than mm-hmm. there were at my website. Ah. Uh, I did have one person who said, um, you didn't tell me where to look. Oh. And I said, well, you know, clearly, you know, my, my profile has a link to my website. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't have, that would be two clicks away. Other people who had, when they Googled the results, um, the latest post wasn't the highest ranking one. Mm-hmm. Right? And I shortlisted down to the people who had actually not only gone to the website, but had listened to the most recent podcast and given me feedback. Nice. I and there like were about it. three. So about about 70 odd, um, 70 odd people who kind of responded and sent me their CVs and you know, they're, they're cut and paste, um, you know, cover sheets. Mm-hmm. I immediately got rid of 67 of those and just looked at the three who had done that one extra step. Love it. Love it. We do something a little bit different. So when I talked about the, you know, the secret question, that was definitely for, you know, just a, a one-off job. When we're hiring for someone that we want on our team permanently, the very first thing I put in the job description is actually what our company is, the people that we serve, and what's really important to us. So it says, you know, we're, we're a coaching and consulting company. We talk about, um, you know, the kind of clients we serve. You know, we, we deal with entrepreneurs and business owners. And then we talk about the things that are really important to us is that we want a team member that understands how important it is to have an attention to detail so that we can support our clients who have a personal brand, you know, that that they're spending a high attention to detail. So what we're doing is pre-framing, this is who we are and this is what's really important to us. And the reason that we do that, and, and one of the things that we say is that you know, as per past employees that haven't, you know, taken this attention to detail, you know, it hasn't worked out well. And it just means that unless someone's like really paying attention, they just don't bother applying for that. They already know that we're going to call them on a certain level of work. And it has, since we have been putting our post up in this way, we're getting the applicants are much, much better and that most of the good ones or the, definitely the ones that we hire always comment on that. We know this is important to you and this is what's important to us. Um, and the other question I ask is, 
um, after I've said, you know, these are the things that are in the job description, we want to know what does your perfect job look like? Because I also want them to start thinking about what it is they want and to be able to articulate that to me. So it's not for me to judge what they want their perfect job to be. It's for me to hear how they answer. And I think that that's really important. And it pre-frames who we are as a company and the kind of person that we want to hire. Yeah, I really love that actually. And look, if you were going to hire a full-time person in your office with you, um, you'd probably do these extra steps, wouldn't you? You'd actually, you know, you'd take them out to lunch, you'd get to know them. You might even do uh, behavioral profile mm-hmm. profiling, mm-hmm. Um, which is a really, you know, is an increasingly popular um, way of making sure that you've got the right fit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've heard the saying, hire for fit, not for skills. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? So your skills can be trained, you know, cultural fit can't necessarily be trained. And if you're looking for that long-term thing, sure, if you only got a single job and you want to want the outcome, go and hire for skills. But if you're mm-hmm. looking for a kind of a more permanent employee, uh, support person, I think that's really, really, really important to do that. And I, one of the things I love about my current VA who I've met, she's actually been out to Australia and you know, so cool. don't, don't always get that opportunity to kind of meet particular yeah. offshore staff is that she's now being really proactive about stuff, right? And I love that because that's mm. what I need in my business. I need someone to see an opportunity that I'm not seeing yeah. and just take yeah. care of those little things. And that's really important. If you get that right cultural fit, you can get you can get that result. Absolutely. Now, it actually, does take us into that second point around detailing and and your design brief. Now, I really love one of the things that you do here, as I mentioned earlier, about making sure that the task you set as part of that interview process is relevant to the role you actually want them to do. Absolutely. Now, this actually blew Leon's mind too when he saw what I was doing because we just hired a designer. Uh, just this week, actually, and he saw that I was hi- I was following a different process. So our other the other people on our team are all more admin, project management, uh, copywriters. So everything is about how they follow instructions and how they re- relate to those. So our admin staff can they follow this link, book a time, make sure it's in their calendar right, turn up at the right time. Well, for a designer. I don't care about that too much. I still want them to turn up on time, but I'm hiring on what their creativity is like. So if I'm hiring a designer, I give them a design brief and a very simple task because what I want to know is can they follow the brief and are they just slapping something together or are they creating something that is really you know, on brand for what I'm asking for? Because again, I ask for a little bit of research. It needs to match something else. So I don't really mind if a designer can't speak, you know, fantastic English. Can they follow the brief and and show me something beautiful or exactly what I want as opposed to, well, I need a copywriter that can make sure that they're writing in, in, you know, good or English. (laughs) Good at English. You know what I'm talking about. That was exceptionally good at English. That was fantastic, wasn't it? (laughs) For our designer, we had 35 people apply. We had about 25 people put design um, designs in and it was very easy then. I could go, okay, there's four people here clearly that I want to speak to and then I could interview those four instead of interviewing 35 hiring someone on their personality and then realizing they couldn't deliver on the job. So it depends what the actual job is as to what I get them to do to get to the interview stage. Great, great tip. Now, as much as you've now found the right person and you've Mm -hmm. done your interviews and you're shortlisted and you've got one list, step three is really around onboarding and training. And that's not just, not just onboarding, but as we mentioned before, training, 
Absolutely. To get the outcome that you want. And I think this is a really critical stage. Um, I don't do some stuff that you do here, and I probably should. <laughs> but I think it's really important that you actually kind of introduce your new staff member to the rest of the team as part of your onboarding process Absolutely. and really sort of get to know them and feel them welcome. And just because they're not in the office with you doesn't make them any less of a team member, does it? Well, just right. the same as it, that we want to be able to see, you know, the people we're working with or, you know, just imagine you had a boss that you'd never met. That would be, I think that would be nerve wracking to be working for someone that you'd never seen and conversed with. And yet that's how some people expect virtual teams to work. It's not like that in our business. I know it's not like that in your business. So not only do we want to make sure that we're onboarding these team members, but also meeting the other team members because they want to feel included. And this is really important. But let's go think, back one step. Yeah. Because. Women agreements. Now, well, I think yeah. this is a big one because I don't do this for my virtual staff, but I would do it for my in-person staff. Ah. And it I know that's really weird, different. isn't it? I think, why have I not done this before? Yeah. And I think this is really important to set the boundaries right from the beginning. So before I do my onboarding, so once I've reached out to someone and said, you're successful, this is your pay, these are the terms. If you'd like to move forward and accept this, I will get the agreements to you. Because at that point, they can either say yes or no. Because some people back out and that's, that's cool. I'd rather than back out at that stage than six weeks down the track. Like, ugh. <laughs> uh, so there's two, there's two documents that I get them to fill out. One's the employee profile. And this is their, their personal details. This is, you know, who they are, where they, uh, their address, their phone number, their PayPal account, or, you know, organized to get TransferWise set up because we pay in both of those. Uh, and this is a really important piece. A, the contact details are someone they don't live with. And this is because there's all sorts of storms over there. They have power outages. They have um, cyclones. I want to know if I lose instant access to my team member that I can ring someone else that is not in the same house to make sure they're okay or find out if they've just done a runner. That's never happened to me before, but it, it's you've got to understand you need to have contact with someone that's not in their house because they do have a lot of crazy um, weather patterns and internet problems over there. And we are talking about the Philippines. Specifically I was just about to problems. say, and I'm talking about <laughs> the Philippines. <laughs> I just realised I was talking about over there without really sharing where I, there was. I know you're sort of, if, you, if you're sort of watching or if you're listening right now and not watching, Sam, of course, is waving your hand off into the distance. Yeah, there's over, over there. <laughs> <laughs> but, of course, you can get virtual staff from anywhere. It's not just necessarily in the Philippines. You could pick up staff in the US or in Europe or, or wherever you, you happen to find the right fit and skills for what it is that you need. Absolutely. For Australia, what I love about the Philippines is the time. There's only two hours time difference. It's a very, it's a very complimentary time zone. Yeah. I think one of the things that it's probably, probably worth thinking about here in terms of your onboarding and training is also, you know, make sure that you sort of, you do get on camera with your new, with your new team member. And right, so you can actually have that sort of introduction. And as much as you might do that during the interview process as well, Make sure that you sort of in introduce them to the rest of the team, right? Mm -hmm. So get on a, a group meeting and say, hey, this is our new team member as well. You know, set some expectations about when you want them on online, when you want your team to be available. And you might have, depending on the role, right, I don't care when you work as long as you sort of complete this, this, these outcomes or these hours Perfect. or what happens to be. And that's the information that I put in the employment agreement. Yeah. Um, their remuneration, uh, what we expect from them, the kinds of 
you know, how we expect they can work with our clients and, you know, do we allow them to work with other clients or are they only working with us? Uh, things like uh, they need to make sure that they've got a, you know, whatever equipment they need to do the job, things like public holidays, you know, is yeah, who's there... Pu who's, who's public holidays? Exactly. Is there um, set hours Monday to Friday or is it this is the amount of hours and we don't mind you when you work? It's really important that you get all of these things agreed to before anything happens because these are where this is where the wheels can fall off, that people are on different pages. Let's just get all on the same page right from day one. Everyone's good and then we're good to go. That's right. And I think also, you know, if you've got a team meeting scheduled into your week or a couple of team meetings scheduled into your week, you say, look, I need you online for these hours. You won't be doing customer facing work or work on the business or whatever. I just need you online for this, this bit because this is when we run our team meetings. Okay. Yeah. How, how do you, how, how often do you run your team meetings, Tim? Uh, every week. Yeah. Nice. Every yeah. week. In fact, I'm, I'm actually going to be putting a second one in as well. So I'm going to have a yeah, Monday a Monday meeting, which just says, okay, well, this is what we're going to do this week. This is the outcomes we expect. What are you working on? What are your blockages? Right? Because as much as, again, exactly the same as if you had a an in-person team member, you'd be saying, okay, Sam, what are you working on this week? And you'd be going, look, I'm working on that new uh, webinar slide deck. Right? It's your responsibility as the boss to make sure that all the blockages and what they need, what do you need to complete that project completely? Oh, I need some dedicated time. Okay, great. I'll make sure that you've got that this week or I need access to Canva, you know, and there's a couple of slides I want to use on there. Can we get a premium account? Yes. Right. And you can make that. But if you don't have those conversations and particularly, I think Filipinos, uh, Indian as well, um, not always going to come back and say, I haven't been able to complete it because I didn't have that resource available to me. And I don't always have necessary, I guess the, I don't know, I want to use courage as the word I'm thinking, but... Well, it's their, it's their culture. It's the way they've been brought up. Yeah. So you do have to have those team meetings and see, and it's your responsibility as the boss to make sure that your team have the resources they need to get you the outcome you want. Absolutely. So this is a conversation that you should be having all the time, but something that, and again, I'm talking about Filipino staff, that when we do the onboarding call, which is their one-on-one -on -one call right at the beginning to organise you know, this is what's happening. Just double check. This is what we expect. Um, this is how you're going to get paid because that's really important for them to know. They need the safety and security to know they're going to get paid. We also discuss things like we want you to understand that you, you shouldn't be afraid to ask us. We would rather you ask us a question than pretend you've done the task and cover it up, which is what can happen with offshore staff. We talk about if a system's not working, don't be afraid to say, hey, this isn't working, whether or not you've got to, you know, they might say it's not working, but I don't know how to fix it or I've got this idea. We're very open right from day one. Please be open and honest about, you know, how our processes are working. We need it to work for everyone. So I think that's a really important part of onboarding as well. Absolutely. Now, let's talk about how to make your team cohesive. And now Absolutely. I do this as part of my Friday, my planned Friday wrap up. Let's look back at the week in review. What do we, what worked well? What didn't work well? What yeah. systems do we need? <laughs> do you have any seconds, you know, suggestions or recommendations that will help us achieve our business outcome? And I think it's critical that we articulate our business outcome. Right? What, are, what, are, what are our objectives? Because if you don't communicate your, your business goals to your team, you might be at cross purposes as well. Absolutely. Um, it's about context, isn't it? If they don't also, understand what's in your head, then they don't understand how they fit in. 
That's right. Um, but I think also just sort of having that sort of social aspect as well, right? Yeah. We have to create that water cooler. Now, whether you're using Zoom or Voxer to communicate or, or WhatsApp or whatever, um, one of the things I kind of like, and we can do this really well right now, is things like house party or um, you might use Zoom for your customers, but if you have like house party as an app, you can actually just get your team on into a virtual workspace. Yeah. Right? Everyone's doing their own thing but you've got this sort of group chat kind of open, if, you know, so you can actually sort of hear the conversations and create this idea of this communal workspace, even though it's virtual. That's really cool. I never even thought of that. That's yeah, really cool. I like it. It's something for you. I like it. I like it. Well, we're just so busy at the minute that we haven't had time to breathe. Um, but, but you're right, you know, because we get so busy and because we're working in different time zones and at different times of day, we quite often forget that we want to create an organisational culture. Mm. Oh, so important. Right. And then when you've got that organizational culture, you'll find that you achieve your business goals quicker because everyone's on the same page about what you're trying to do. Absolutely. And it can also means you can start to overhear other conversations. Right. There's a quick question. Hey, I've got this quick question for you. you know, how do I do that? Or does this look like what you want? Yes. Great. But, you know, in the same way that you have a, a physical workspace, you overhear other conversation that's going on in the office. And you might be able to sort of say, hey, I overheard you talking about that. You know, I've been, I saw something the other day that might actually help us achieve that goal a bit better. And if we create that virtual workspace, you know, we, we have that idea of sort of a collaborative goal a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. We also, we do two team, uh, two, two team meetings a week. Uh, our Friday we do at lunchtime just to go back over the week. But also, it's really great to say, okay, here's what's happening next week. We've got, you know, this person launching, you know, ABC. We've got this happening, this happening, this happening. And it means that all the team members can put their heads together and, and, and get organized on Friday afternoon so that when they all come on on Monday morning, or some of our team actually work over the weekend as well, that everyone knows what page we're all on. We, we understand. It's not that scramble on Monday morning of, what am I doing? It's already sorted out. Everyone knows where they're heading. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's talk about probably, I don't know if this is the most important part or certainly is an important part of your whole managing a virtual team and that's giving feedback and performance management. Mm. And this scares the hell out of most entrepreneurs. Yeah, I think a lot of people get into the frame of mind that they're too afraid to say something that can be a little bit negative, like that wasn't good enough. You know, they're too busy, like, let's just put that in under the rug. Keep saying you're doing an amazing job and then getting frustrated because their team member might not be doing an amazing job. But guess what? It's up to you to make sure that your team member has the context of what's happening. And if this is set up properly right from the beginning, at least you can know, I need to let this team member go because yeah. it's, go it's going to happen. There are going to be people that you need to let go, but it's unfair to let them go if you haven't set up right from the beginning, this is what's expected of you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's where you come back to that employment agreement, actually have that in. We have a quarterly performance review process. Mm -hmm. Nothing to be afraid of. This is the process we do. I think it's a great opportunity as well to actually get feedback from your staff and how you are doing as a boss and where you can improve as well. Oh, we have that conversation with our staff all the time. And and I'll even be up front with them and go, oh, guys, I'm so sorry I dropped the ball this week. Like, you know, and we ask them, how did we do? You know, do you want us to be delivering this information in a different way? But, it, yeah, it is really important to not be afraid 
of your team members. Mm. You I are think, the boss. That's right. Yeah, certainly don't, you know, but take it on board. But, yeah, you're, you're still the boss. I think there's two things here that I, uh, that I do with my team that I certainly encourage people to do. And the firstly is design your roles and res- right, around responsibilities and outcome, not task-driven. 100%. Right? I find that when I've done things task-driven before, you know, people complete the task and they come back to me and say, well, what's the next task? What's the next task? What's the next task? What's the next task? Which drives me completely nuts. Exactly. Who's got time for that? <laughs> right? <laughs> um, so if you can design it around responsibilities and outcomes and say, hey, one of the outcomes and for this role that we're trying to do is to grow our, I don't know, grow our community on, on Facebook, right? One of our KPIs for success is that we want to add 50 people a week to our group. Mm-hmm. Right? Go and make that happen. Yeah. And that allows the kind of a little bit of freedom. You put some guidelines around what that actually looks like, but it's not necessarily then you need to connect to 10 people and invite five and convert one, right? They've got a little bit of freedom to own the role and everyone loves to own their job, Mm -hmm. right? So if you can kind of do that responsibility as an outcome, so your responsibility is to grow our our Facebook community and, and have conversations and make sure people are engaged in that group. How you do that, right go for it make it up yeah what I, I just love that you're on the same page there that talk about outcomes and not only are you giving them an outcome but you're giving the team member context so what you just said to them is the success criteria to us looks like 50 people they understand what that is and and you know what they're trying to do rather than exactly like you say we'll invite 10 people and they might do that and think i have no idea why i'm doing this but at least if they have some context it's so much easier to go okay cool this is how i'm going to do that yeah but also the second thing there is actually looking at what does that success look like Right, yeah. so our, our KPI is fifty. It doesn't mean to say you're always going to hit that success, but this is what we're sort of aiming towards. Yeah, yeah. Right? So you know when the the thing that you're doing is successful and when it's not successful. Mm, absolutely, yeah. And also, one of the things that we do with ours as well is also as well not just saying this is the success criteria. So what we do is say, okay, this is the task, whatever it is. Let's say you know fifty people in our Facebook group, then if we don't achieve this, you know, it might mean we've got zero people in our Facebook group. We might have people annoyed with us. We talk about all like worst case scenario and then, okay, let's flip that. What's best case scenario. We get a hundred people in the Facebook group. We get this extra engagement. We get extra leads, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So if that's the, what we don't want, and this is what we do want, what is the criteria to get to that best case scenario? And the team comes together and goes, okay, we need to do this, 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 this. And it just helps everyone to understand, okay, this is what we're all going towards and this is how we're going to get there. This is who's responsible for this. This is who's responsible for this part. And if you drop the ball over here, this person over here falls down as well and none of us achieve the goals. So it just, it's exactly how you know, you said it before, it's exactly how we would bring together our team in real life. Just because they're working virtually doesn't mean that it happens any differently. Should, well, shouldn't anyway. Shouldn't. <laughs> and if right, you get just, it right from the beginning and get that right person, we should be good. It's just harder to share cake on birthdays. It is harder to share cake on birthdays. <laughs> Especially now because we can't travel to get the cake. I know, right. Oh, my God. Cake is so good. Oh, I can't wait to get back on a plane. But anyway. Uh, not for a while yet. Anyway, so let's just quickly recap all those. The first one is actually making sure that you've got really clear instructions in your initial, initial job post. 
questions that you want answered and framing that detail and design brief, right? To understand, give someone a sort of little bit of a test as part of your interview process to determine whether they can actually deliver the outcome you want. Make sure that you absolutely onboard and train your staff to get the outcome you want and keep, keep doing it. Don't just think it's a point in time thing. Keep doing it. Um, making that team cohesive by having regular team meetings, but also so virtual workspaces and then using that performance management and feedback process to make sure that people are on track, setting some parameters around success. And if they're not being successful, making sure that you train your team on how to be successful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just remember, you're the person with the vision and your job as the business owner is to share that vision with your team so you can all get there together. Great episode, Tim. So hopefully those tips have given you some idea on how to grow your team or to at least, even if you take on your first team member and make sure they're looked after and, uh, and help you to get to where you're going. What are we going to talk about next week, Tim? So next week, we're going to talk about something that's been coming up in our Knowledge Business Launch Formula community as we help them design, build and launch their online program in 30 days. And, and one of the conversations that, that is coming up is, well, how do I actually design the thing that I'm going to sell for people? What does that actually look like? The actual deliverable. The actual deliverable, right? And we've all got this challenge in our business about what is it that we deliver? I know it's a problem that I've you know, constantly facing and, and sort of going, this doesn't quite sit right with me. Oh, God, haven't we all? <laughs> Clients aren't quite getting the outcomes that I, that I want to get them and, and, and constantly sort of changing that, right? So we're going to talk about whether you do open-ended, whether you do monthly recurring, whether you do a fixed project, whether you, you know, deliver your stuff via a course. We're going to sort of drill into that and work out and just talk through it and some of the outfall processes about how we have designed our programs and hopefully that will help you guys plan what it is that you give to clients as well. Love it. So if you've liked this episode, we would love you to head over to the Thought Leaders Business Lab community and join in the discussion thread on managing a virtual team. Maybe you want to give us some feedback on our steps or you've got something to add to the conversation that you feel we've missed. And we'd, of course, we'd love you to like and share this episode as well as heading over to iTunes and giving us a rate and a review because we're looking a bit lean over there. I'm like, crying please show us some love <laughs> <laughs> yes and we don't want to have our virtual teams as their first responsibility is to go and give us their own reviews <laughs> <laughs> oh it's been great to hang out with you with you here for another week tim and to you the listener thank you so much for hanging out with us for another week we look forward to seeing you next monday ciao for now